With the seasons changing and some fun getaways on my calendar, I want to spruce up my warm weather wardrobe. That's why I'm happy I found Quince. Quince offers clothing and accessories for women and also men, even kids and babies. Plus, Quince has housewares like organic duvet covers and shams and so much more. Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. That's because Quince partners directly with top factories. They cut out the middleman and pass the savings on to customers like me and you. Quince works only with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing processes, along with premium fabrics and finishes. What's not to love about that? So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash gray for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash gray to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash gray. Hormone Harmony is a supplement for women of all ages and all stages of menopause. And it's become a phenomenon. I hear that a bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony is by Happy Mammoth, the company dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients like herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to stressors, including hormonal changes that naturally occur throughout a woman's lifetime. They can help alleviate hot flashes, night sweats, and that feeling of being tired all the time. The biggest benefit, feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in the more than 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code DATINGWALLGRAY at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code DATINGWALLGRAY for 15% off today. This is Dating While Gray, the grown-up's guide to love, sex, and relationships. I'm Laura Stasi, and I'm a Scorpio. What's your sign, and has it figured into your romantic life? That's what we're exploring in today's episode, Love in the Stars. Okay, I'll admit, I read my horoscope every morning. It's a habit I got into a long time ago. I think it's fun. For example, one day last November, when I was deep into research for the podcast, my horoscope said I was wrestling with whether I should remain in my creative cave or share my life with someone. And it did not have to be one or the other. Hmm... When I was in junior high school, I actually wrote the horoscope column for the student newspaper. I didn't do any research. I didn't realize there was any research to do. For me, it was creative writing based mainly on who I had a crush on at any given moment. Like the time I encouraged all Capricorns to break up with their current love interest because their lives had become, quote, awfully dull. There are plenty of fish in the ocean, I wrote, and you have pretty good bait. For some people, astrology starts with getting to know more about themselves before they think about matching with someone else. I think the whole universe is on purpose and working in ways that we can't always see. That's Koku. She's in her late 50s, and she's been married twice. 
first to a Scorpio and then to a Libra. And I think people who study the stars and astrology and all of that, I think they have a little window um, into our personalities and people born in during the summertime on this day, you know, they, they're able to spend time and find out what people have in common and go, oh, 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 you know. Koku says she reads her daily horoscope for fun, but she does think astrology is more than sun signs and basic personality traits. They say that Geminis are the children of the Zodiac, and I definitely am that in the way um, I, I guess, well, they say the way we manifest um, physically, that a lot of times Geminis look younger than they are, and the way we act, our energy is usually a little bit more on the, I guess, carefree, youthful side, you know? Uh Uh-huh. And how about some of the negative aspects of Gemini? Do you feel like that you are those as well? Uh, yes. Well, with a, with a caveat, because um, sometimes people will hear that I'm a Gemini and they get the impression that, oh, Gemini, you know, they're two-faced or hypocritical, which is not true. <laughs> Geminis um, are very, we, we do have a lot of, duality, but in the way that we can see different points of views, we um, have different opinions. You know, we, we always see the yin and yang of things, that kind of duality, I guess, but definitely not hypocritical. It's like, just because I agree with her and I agree with him, doesn't, you know, that's not a conflict. That's not, you know. So you can see both sides or all sides of an issue. For sure. Uh, I look at the horoscope as uh, interesting, like, mm-hmm, really? We'll see about that. I wonder, that kind of thing. Uh, so I'm not, uh, I wouldn't say I'm like a true believer, like, oh my gosh, you know, they say to stay inside or it's going to be a, a bad money month. I don't go into it as, and believe in it verbatim, literally. If it says it, it's going to happen. But I'd say it's a a sweet little consultant to, you know, listen to a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I don't think anything is really, you know, just black and white, like Gemini's are youthful. And then you meet somebody who's kind of bitter and crabby. (laughs) You're going, you're a Gemini? But who knows what their life experiences have been. Uh, Maybe my experiences have been able to um, kind of foster my true self, possibly. And, oh gosh, now I'm I'm getting ready to get deep. No, 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 go ahead. But I would say that um, at a certain time in my life, things happened that my youthful, lighter spirit a truer uh, personification of myself it was able to come forward that allowed me to be more of a Gemini as opposed to before I was very kind of quiet, didn't talk at all. Geminis oh. are known to be very talkative, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I grew up in a very strict household and so a very strict religious household. And so I think that experience kind of, squashed my natural Gemini tendencies. And once I grew up and grew out and things changed, 
more of my true self was able to um, come through. Yeah, I've always thought Libras and Scorpios don't get along, but it's it's not just if somebody's a Libra. It has to do with where that you know the how our planets were aligned on the respective days we were born, and you know that kind of thing. It's a a more uh, I guess a more complete picture. I don't know. Yes, it can get really really deep. Um, one time a friend gave me my chart, like um a whole it's a little booklet, you know. Um, based on not just my birthday, but the time I was born, the place on the planet where I was born, everything. And, you know, as I read through that, some of the stuff I was like, oh my gosh. And it, <laughs> it's it. one of the things that I remember was that in my past life, <laughs> I know, I didn't know it was that, maybe it was, I didn't know it was that deep. In my past life, I lived a life of, um, seclusion where I was really working on self uh, and it likened it to a monastery or something like that. And in this life, I'm in a life of service. And I was like, service? Oh, man. (laughs) Which I know service is the big word that's like, be of service, be of service, be of service. And I've got to say, I I really am uh, as as far as um, a lot of my work goes and everything. So are you um, involved with anybody right now? I'm not. You know, I do have someone that I'm kind of interested in. And I can talk because he's not going to listen to this. But uh, his birthday was recently because we went out on his birthday. You know, we went and had a birthday. This is recent. This is last week. This is what I did. I got ready to look up his Zodiac and read all, try to read all about him. Then I decided not to. <laughs> I decided that ah. I would try to think, try to get to know him, um, organically, you know, because these days you can do a lot of snooping, you know, who are you? What have they said about you? And I said, okay, I'm not going to do any of that. And believe me, I've done that too. Yeah. You know? And so I said, no, I'm going to get to know him organically, you know, not my words. This is some, a word that I heard somebody use. I said, oh, wow, do it organically. So no looking at his Zodiac. Though I know his birthday, I might just look at his sign. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, do you want me to? I can yes, pull yes, my phone up. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His birthday was March. So it's the 23rd now. So today was third. We went out to breakfast on today's Tuesday. We went out last week. So that would be seven March 16th? Yes. Yes, it was March 16th. It was March 16th. <gasps> Okay, this could be it. Be a Leo. <laughs> Pisces. Oh, Pisces. Oh, that's good. Is that okay? Yes. From what I know about Pisces. Oh, good. He's a Pisces. That means he's very kind and sensitive. And my moon is in Pisces. And that used to be one of my um, defending things when people said, Gemini. Oh, I know about Gemini. I said, oh, but my moon is in Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> and what does that mean, your moon is in Pisces? I don't know, Laura. <laughs> I know, my sun is in Gemini and my moon is in Pisces. And when you look at astrologers, they always say, people focus on the sun sign. It's not always, it's not just about the sun. It's a lot of things, you know. And I think maybe just the sun signs are the 
entertainment aspect of the of the zodiac you know with a, a little bit of truth in there but you've got to have you've got to know all of it to really have the ultimate truth <laughs> You know, I understand Koku sounding a little defensive about being a Gemini. I personally think Scorpios get a bad rap for supposedly having trust issues. But if love is truly found in the stars, what should we be considering beyond our daily horoscope? All that an astrologer ever needs to know is the date, time, and place of birth. When I work with my clients, I don't do it on Zoom. I don't want to see them. I don't want to um, have any information. I don't even want them to tell me anything about their lives because a good astrologer can see everything. We'll talk with an astrologer after the break. The story of how America's racial wealth gap came to be is a story of violence and a debt unpaid. I'm Lindsay Foster Thomas on a journey of discovery about what it would take to bridge the economic divide between black and white, finally moving us from here to equality. Join me for The Arc of Justice, a special series from the podcast Ways and Means and WUNC, available wherever you get your podcasts. Leslie McCork is an illustrator and best-selling children's book author. She credits meeting with an astrologer when she was 19 for showing her this life path was possible. That's also when Leslie started studying astrology herself. She says it can offer meaningful insights, but has little, if anything, to do with daily horoscopes. Um, actually, that's not what it is at all. That is one of the biggest problems is that people think astrology is horoscopes. And that's not what it is. That's not what I do. I actually don't really believe in horoscopes. I don't think, I think it's, I think it's fun. It's entertaining, but I, what I do is super, super, uh, accurate and totally different. So here's what astrology is. When you're born, you are imprinted with, a vibrational map, sacred geometry of where all the planets were at the moment of birth. And we live in an electromagnetic universe. So music is a lot like astrology in that you can't see it or touch it. It's something that's felt and it's something that's interpreted. So you are born with basically a musical score, okay, which is a design or a pattern. So everything in nature has a pattern, whether it's a tree trunk or a snowflake, everything has a pattern, including us. So we are born with basically an owner's manual and knowing your horoscope is like saying that you are a Mercedes, but I don't know what color you are. I don't know if you're a sedan or a SUV or <laughs> a d diesel. What are, what are, I mean, it means nothing to me. I'm really not into sun sign astrology at all because it's not detailed enough. And astrology is incredibly accurate when you have the understanding on how to read the human pattern. And it's an interpreted um, thing. So you could go to 20 astrologers and get different interpretations, just like a musical score. You could have Elton John play it. It's going to sound different than Ray Charles. So we have a definite um, system and a, an organized um, way of being. And an astrologer's job is to help you find the easiest way to learn to like your music and to play it the best way possible. 
Oh, I love that analogy. Thinking of it like music, that makes, I mean, to me, that makes so much sense. So, and when you say you study it, do people go to school or do you become um, certified as an astrologer? I mean, how, how does that work? You can go to school. Um, I have been studying since I was 19 and I've had various teachers over the years. Um, but I think the thing that's made me a really good astrologer is just doing hundreds and thousands of charts. And when it's just like, it's exactly the same as playing music or learning a musical instrument. You can read about how to play a guitar, but you're not gonna be good at it. The only way you get good at astrology is to keep doing it. So it, it sounds like it's almost um, psychology or therapy in a way. This is an esoteric science, and it is extremely valuable, and um, it, is, it is like therapy. I always tell people to think about it like acupuncture. 50 years ago, people thought that was nuts. Like, how could you put a needle in my toe and it helps my neck? And it's because we, we're an electromagnetic system. So if needles in the toe or in the ears can help your body, which is a known medical fact now, why would we fight the fact that astrology can help see the patterns? So it's an extremely useful thing for the medical world to know about. Let's talk about what you do and finding romantic love. And how does it work for people 50 and older? And is there a difference between that and romantic love for people younger than 50? I think that love is love and finding the right partner is, is I think it, it's more, it's like you have more uh, of a seasoned approach, obviously, if you're older. But I, I feel that astrology is, is one of the best ways to figure out whether or not someone is safe for you. And I think in this day and age, safety is a big, big deal. There are some people who karmically are just not healthy for us. As one of my astrology teachers said, Leslie, you can burn off this karma with this guy over a cup of coffee. You don't have to get involved with him. Um, forget the sun sign astrology, because that's what 90% of the books out there are looking at for compatibility. And that's not really going to help you. That's not accurate. You want to look at, first of all, your moon sign, because the moon tells me how you're going to react when you get emotionally upset. So if you have your moon in cancer, which is water, which is where it loves to be, and you're dating somebody who's got their moon in fire, like Leo or Aries or Sagittarius, these do not combine really well. You could have unbelievable great stuff in the chart, unbelievable chemistry, but if emotionally you're not going to get fed by the other person, that's something to know. Now, it can still work, and that's where astrology is beautiful because you're not going to change somebody basic makeup. I always use the expression of a giraffe. You know, if it has a long neck, don't get mad at it when it doesn't fit into a mouse hole. It's, it's just the way that it is. Yeah. Everyone knows their sun sign, but most people don't know they also have a moon sign and a mercury sign. So again, the same principle is if you have your mercury in cancer, which is what I have, it means that when I talk, I'm gentle and soft. Like cancer is a very shy kind of retiring zodiac sign. So if you put me in a relationship with someone who has their mercury in fire, it means the fire person, they love to be sharp and sarcastic and fight once in a while. That's just the way they are. And I don't like it at all. It's very difficult for me. So I was once engaged to a guy who we had 
incompatible Mercuries. And it, it actually became the one thing that I, I knew it was never going to work uh, for me. So... Okay, like let's say I meet Mr. I think he's wonderful and we get our charts and we discover that our moons are in conflicting elements. Am I saying this right? Yeah. Elements, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't necessarily mean I need to break up. It's just something I need to be aware of because those that might be a source of conflict going down the road. Right. So here's what, what I look at with astrology. I look at... Um, are these two people emotionally compatible? That's number one. Number two, can they communicate with each other? That's the second one. The third one, do they have sexual chemistry? Some people love to touch all the time. People who have their sexual energy in air, they hate that. They hate that glommy, touchy-feely thing all the time. It doesn't mean they're not great lovers or wonderful people. It's just they have a different need. They're designed differently. So those are the three things that people need to know about the person they're thinking of getting serious with. Um, and so an astrologer is also looking at the patterns, like when is it a good time for you to meet somebody? When are, when are you going to get married? Sometimes you could be totally ready for a partner. So I met this woman who was in her mid-60s. I met her in Mexico where I teach at Rancho La Puerta. And she had had gastric bypass surgery. She was still quite overweight. She told me that she had lived with her mother and she rescued cats. And I could tell this was not somebody who had dated or had a boyfriend. And it's just, you just got the whole vibe of what her life was like. So when she got home, she lived in Seattle. When she got home, I did her astrology reading and I was blown away. I was like, oh my God, because I, I don't normally see my clients, but, but I remembered her. I said, you are incredibly sexual you are not supposed to be alone. And I said, you're not really out there dating at all, are you? She said, no, I haven't had a date in 20 years. I said, listen, girlfriend, this has got to stop because your entire design is for love and sexuality and partnership and it's why you were born. And I said, right now with the weather forecast in this next year, you have the perfect opportunity to meet somebody. So then I have another trick in my... Um, toolbox, not really a trick, another tool. And it's an astrocartography map and it tells you the best places to go for love. So for okay. women, yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> um, I'm looking at her map and right through Cuba is Venus, the sexy goddess planet. If a woman goes to a Venus line, she turns into this sexy, energized woman that men are attracted to. So I said, you need to go to Cuba, get yourself a cute dress and go to Cuba. All right. A year passes. And she wrote to me and she said, Dear Leslie, after the reading, I thought it was really great reading, except for all that nonsense about getting a cute dress and going to Cuba. But you won't believe it. <laughs> about eight months after the reading, a girlfriend of mine was going to Cuba and she invited me to go with her. And I hadn't traveled anywhere in years. And she went and met a guy who lived 10 miles from her in Seattle. They fell madly in love and they've been together ever since. Oh, so it sounds like sometimes because I always love hearing about serendipitous meetings, but it sounds like serendipity might have something to do with our our star charts, our planets, and, you know, understanding our owner's manuals, as you say. Right. When also, um, there's a great line. It's, it's um, I don't know who said it, but I've used this line before. It's luck is the residue of design. So serendipity and luck Part of it has to do with putting yourself in the right place at the right time as well and following the patterns. 
that that's all an astrologer is doing is, is seeing the patterns. And sometimes with love, when we aren't getting what we want, sometimes it's because the other person needs to be at such a highly um, more elevated level that maybe they're not ready. And you can't be with just anybody if you're looking for something really special. And it, it is sad. There is a lot of grief involved with being single and being alone because it's scary and, it's, and it can take a lot of energy to, to stay hopeful and to believe that around the next corner at any minute, somebody could be fun and interesting for your life. But the most important thing is to just keep being engaged with life. It's really important to have friends of the opposite sex because that can help balance you out too. A lot of women I know don't have any male friends. And I think that's a, a place to start. If you want to have a healthy relationship with a guy, start learning how to be friends with a guy. And same thing with, with men. You know, it's healthy to have female friends. It helps you then be a better partner for a woman that you could have in your life. You heard Leslie say we should all know our Mercury sign. She wrote a book called The Power of Mercury, and it includes tables so you can look yours up. Mine's Scorpio, and guess what? Mercury was in retrograde on the day I was born. According to Leslie, this applies to about 15 to 20% of the population. We're supposedly open to radical and visionary ideas, and our brains are wired to be a bit more unusual. Okay, I'm starting to make more sense to myself. So what might all this mean for my love life? I asked a self-taught chart reader about what might be in the stars for my romantic future. That's after the break. There are things we're taught not to discuss in polite company, but by avoiding so-called impolite conversations, we're missing out on the chance to make important connections with each other. I'm Anita Rao, and I'm on a personal journey to uncover just what happens when we open ourselves up to talking about taboo topics that affect our bodies and our brains. Find out on Embodied, a new podcast about sex, relationships, and your health from North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. Remember Joe and Patricia from the first episode of season two? They're the ones who met after a bungled speed dating event. I passed out. Okay, wait a minute. I had, I, I, maybe I was a little nervous, had a little too much to drink, and, and then I woke up and my head's in her lap and she's combing, putting her fingers through my hair saying, it's okay. Turns out, Joe is into astrology. To decide if two people are compatible, he looks at things like the Chinese zodiac and planetary alignments based on time, date, and place of birth. Well, as she was looking about me on, on every site and finding out if I was who I said I was, if I really existed, and going down Facebook and all that stuff, I was actually looking up these scores and everything because she was you know, kind enough to you know, let me know the exact time, date, location she was born. So I was reading through all of this and I was going, wow, 94%, because I had never seen, very seldom do you get anything in the 90s or above 90. I asked Joe if he would compare my chart with the charts of three different men. Joe agreed, explaining that there's more than one way to make interpretations. It's sort of like having a recipe where you can still come out with a uh, delicious chocolate cake, but there's many different ways of doing it. Uh -huh. So 
what I would do is I, I wouldn't take just one thing. Well, like I'm a Libra and she's a Capricorn. Then there's the Chinese astrology. There's the year that you were born in that Chinese astrology. There's tarot things. There's things that you dream about this person. So there's all sorts of this, what they would call, I don't want to call it mystical, <laughs> but let's just say another source of information to find out about, you know, not only your tendencies, but those tendencies with somebody else who you'd be interested in pursuing a relationship with. Okay. Okay. So I gave you a man to compare my chart with, and we're going to call them Mr. G, Mr. T, and Mr. W based on a certain aspect of them. And so I want to start with Mr. W, because Mr. W is not necessarily a compatible sun sign of mine, um, Scorpio and Libra. But you came up with an overall match of 83%. And I'm wondering how you explain that. Okay. So what this does is this, this just gives you a, an overview of what you could be looking at. What was interesting with all of your choices is they, or, or especially with Chinese astrology, you're looking, if you're in the same year that that person was born in, like year of the rat, year of the horse. And if you're matching up with, with the same year, you're already going to have a lot, a higher score than you would uh, normally. And then you just look at that with the other things because you're right, normally, a Scorpio man and a or Scorpio woman and Libra or Libra men, you know, it could be challenges, let's just say there. Uh-huh. And I'm speaking from experience because my mother was a Scorpio and my <laughs> daughter is a Scorpio. So I have a deep knowledge of these Scorpio women. So you're, you're very, lucky, very fiery, very strong, very passionate individuals. So you may end up with a with a high score on the surface, but then when you start burrowing, you know, you might find that that uh, 17%, which is keeping you from getting to 100%, well, maybe those are things that you can't find compromises or you can't find a way to work through it, where mm -hmm. there could be somebody with a 77%, but that's in that 77% are those core things that you would really need to pursue a good relationship. Okay. Okay. Which reminds me, so Mr. T, um, he's another sort of incompatible sun sign, a Leo, and there was only 74% compatibility. So does that mean we're doomed or we could make it work? We're just going to have to try a little harder. That was the lowest of the, of the three overall scores, but it's looking at different things that were either present in the atmosphere or in the universe when you each were born, but it also looks at where you were born as well, which takes into account a lot of things. And I know it's just looking at latitude and longitude when you're plugging it in, but if they're in another country or in another culture, those things could perhaps uh, affect it okay. as well. And then you always look at those things that are saying that, well, here's your friction points. But like I said, different, different individuals will put different values on different things like this person doesn't like chocolate and I love chocolate and that's a non-starter for me if this person can't eat chocolate. So, <laughs> you know, that might be in the 26% or whatever that you, that you don't match up, but Hey, if it's something that you can work or do without, then perhaps the 74% isn't as important 
And you have to remember, it's just a starting point too. And it's just one part of the equation that's going in there. So these scores were just taken from Chinese astrology and those star chart pictures. Actually, once you start moving along the road, it doesn't mean that it can't grow because this is just a starting point, these scores. Mm-hmm. You can always go up once you get to know the person or once you work through the things and improve your score. And then again, you know, it could go down as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then finally, Mr. G, um, I didn't have a time of birth. And so first of all, how much does that throw off the result? It can throw it off pretty significantly, but at least if you have the date and the location, you know, as long as you can get within that 24 hour window, you know, you were born sometime on that day, you know, it's not going to be as exact, but it'll get you in the ballpark very well. Yeah, because I was going to say, he and I do have compatible, he's the one that I did have a compatible sun sign with, uh, Virgo. And and at the same time, he was still 83%, just like the Libra. Anytime you get anything over 70%, (laughs) feel feel fortunate. And then if you get in the the 80s, then you have a, a chance to even reach the 90s. But if you start in the 90s percentiles, then you're really one of the fortunate ones that the universe and the stars and the charts have smiled upon. You heard Joe say that I have 83% compatibility with both Mr. W and Mr. G. Mr. W, that's my ex-husband. Okay, we did manage to stay married for almost 30 years, so no snickering. And Mr. G, that's Colin Firth, you know, the British actor from Bridget Jones's Diary and The King's Speech. Think about it. I have as much astrological compatibility with Colin Firth as I have with my ex-husband. Now all I've got to do is meet the king. Uh, I mean, Colin. The final candidate, Mr. T, who's only 74% compatible. I'm not revealing the identity other than to say he's a good sport who gave me his information. Sounds like we might not be the most natural of matches. In fact, Leslie McQuirk's Mercury sign book says we're very different yet equally strong-minded. But we can be a, quote, very powerful combination. Might be fun to try working on that final 26%. Dating While Gray is produced in partnership with North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. You can support this show with a donation or by becoming a member at wunc.org slash give. My thanks to producer Kamaya Truitt and editor Charlie Shelton Ormond. Our theme music is by Daniel Peterschmidt. And Lindsay Foster Thomas is WUNC's director of content. There's much more about the show and every episode we've ever done at datingwhilegray.com. I'm Laura Stasi. Thanks for listening.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.